Hello and welcome to episode 26 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. This podcast is about a community of women who are rising above life's difficult circumstances and taking action where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. They are using their gifts to impact the world for Christ. And this podcast is to encourage, equip, and inspire other women to use their gifts to impact the world. We all need hope for the journey. In today's episode, Infusing the Weary Hearted with a Message of Hope, I'm talking with my friend, Evelyn Sherwood. Evelyn is passionate about infusing the weary hearted with a message of hope. Evelyn says life's heartaches can often chip away at our faith and leave us warm. But if we take time to slow down and remember what we know to be true, hope grows. Evelyn has hope and encouragement for you today. So listen in as I have a chat with Evelyn Sherwood. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fierce Calling Podcast. Today, I'm excited to invite my friend, Evelyn Sherwood, to the podcast. You're going to be so blessed by what she has to say and her message. She's a speaker, a blogger who served in pastoral ministry for 35 years. She's spoken to thousands at ministry events and retreats, and her popular Stories of Hope events draw a diverse audience of hundreds from her region, and they continue to grow in popularity. So I want to welcome my friend. Evelyn Sherwood. Welcome, Evelyn. Hi, Doris. How are you today? I'm doing okie doke. Thanks, friend. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. It's so good to be here with you. Yes, I'm so glad. Thanks for joining me in this very strange time that we're going through. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Yeah, it's nice to spend time together. And I know you having a church, you know, your husband's a pastor and you have a lot of ministry things going on. How have you been navigating this interesting time that we're having to think, as they say, outside the box with creativity? Well, I would say that that definitely describes it a lot of thinking outside the box. You know, we have a smaller congregation compared to a, a lot. So we were really prepared technology wise. Um, mm-hmm. We weren't set up for live streaming. So Um, We're having to learn all these new ways to communicate. And our prayer through all of it is, God, how do we stay connected in a way that is real and personal, even though we can't have a, you know, really a face-to-face or a reach out and hug or shake a hand, but how do we keep it real and loving and nurturing? And that's probably been the bigger challenge is how to reach out through technology and do that. Mm. Yeah. It sure is a learning curve, but we have the Holy Spirit, right? So he helps us. I almost said this is keeping us on our toes, but really it's keeping us on our knees and seeking God for, um, you know, and the creative side of God to go, Lord, you know how we can do this in a way that will continue to move your word and your message and your love forward. So yeah, his Holy Spirit is leading in some very interesting ways right now. Yeah, I love that you said that because God is a creative, like he created everything. So that is, that is a cool thing to remind ourselves of that we are all creative, even though at times we might not feel like we're that creative. <laughs> we really are. I would agree with that. There's that fingerprint of God in you that is creative and it may not look like someone else is creative, but it's there. The way you serve, the way you cook, a note you write, um, all of it, I think is just birthed out and flown out of God's creativity. So that's a great way to 
to look at it really because sometimes people don't realize how they are really being creative in different ways. They just don't consider themselves an artist or, you know, that kind of a thing, a writer or whatever. But there are a lot of ways that creativity just comes out. You know, maybe it's in gardening or like you said, cooking and things like that, that we don't normally think of those things as being creative, but they really are. Oh, definitely. I've, I've seen some of, so much of that in action of late, even through like my grandchildren, some of the letters that they have been writing to people to encourage them, little paper flowers that they're making, um, just little prayer bracelets that they're knitting together and all of that. It's just it, creativity is not about being perfect. It's about expressing the heart of God through ways that can speak that people will hear. Mm, that's beautiful. That is so precious. And I'm not surprised that you worded it that way because you have such a way with words, my friend. <laughs> oh, thank you. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Okay, well, I will start with, I have had a passion and I, it's funny that you ask it that way because I, within the last couple of years have gone, God, when did this start in me? This passion to use my words to bring hope into the hurting. I've always had a heart for the hurting people or the downcast or the castaways, those that people got tired of or um, those that just were struggling. I mean, they had the knowledge that God was with them or knew some truths, but their faith got to be wavering because of hardships in life. So I've always wanted to write words that would breathe life and hope back into them. And so I asked God, I was like, God, when did that really start? When did you put that dream? dream inside of me. And um, so I sat one day with like a legal pad of paper and literally started writing all the things that God had been speaking in my heart, that he was leading me on that path all the way back to fourth grade. <laughs> I gave my heart to the Lord as a child. And honestly, I never strayed from that. Now, I didn't understand, honestly, at that point, all that it meant to be a child of God, but I knew I wanted Jesus. So I just threw it all on him and uh, he, from that point on, has been growing me and calling me and wooing me and it has been the most beautiful and challenging relationship. <laughs> I love that. So beautiful that you knew you just wanted Jesus. Yes. I did. I mean, bottom line, it was uncomplicated. It was simple. He called me and I said, yes, he chased me until he caught me. And now I'm running hard after him. Yes. So encouraging for others to hear the words that he gives you to share because I'm on your email list. So I get your inspirational messages and they always have something special of encouragement. And like you say, hope it's always kind of embroidered into the entire message. So tell us a little bit about that, you know, your writing journey and these stories of hope and the events that you have. And what does that all look like? Like I said, I think going back to my fourth grade year, this love of writing, this love of words was part of the God dream that he put inside of me. And I didn't realize the direction God would take it. Um, I just 
you know, went to college, got married. Um, we have two beautiful children. They grew up. We had grandchildren. There was a lot of caretaking in amidst all that. So I just kept thinking, oh, the writing's on the back burner. What I couldn't see was for the last 35 plus years of my life, God has been writing the story that now he has given me the freedom to write Mm -hmm. and the green light to write. He's taken me on a journey of a lot of hard and through the hard places He has taught me his faithfulness, the power of his promises, that I can trust him completely, even though I can't see how things may turn out. So about two years ago, um, you know, I was reevaluating all that going, God, when did you put this in me? And he's like, Ev, you've got the green light. I've been writing the story in you. Now it's your turn to pen these words that others can read the story that I've been writing in you. So I um, joined book camp with Chad Allen. Didn't know what I was doing, knew nothing about publishing, getting published, all the language that comes with the publishing industry. And I was like, God, I'm, I'm green on this. I'm just totally green and don't know what I'm doing. And, and I felt like the Lord just really whispered to my heart, Ev, you know how Alice in Wonderland, like she followed the rabbit into the hole and there were a lot of twists and turns throughout there, branches to jump over dark places, but it was an adventure of a lifetime. I'm inviting you into the adventure of a lifetime. If you will trust me, I will show you things about me that you never experienced so far. And you're going to learn things about yourself that you didn't know were hidden within you. But just follow me and I'll take you where I want you to go. Beautiful. That is a flowing story all in itself. And I love how God calls you Ev. That is so just heartwarming. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. But it's so sweet that you said, you know, when he's talking, he was like, Ev, it's time for you to write this story. You know, and I met you in book camp. Yes. That's, I think that's where we first met. And then mm-hmm. since then, God has allowed you and I both to uh, interact and connect and meet up in other places and arenas as well. And I'm grateful for that. Yes, me too. It's so fun how God connects people together. And it's not just in one way, it's in several different ways. And it's just confirmation that he has this plan and he wants to use others to be part of our life plan that he has for us, which is so cool and help encourage us on the journey, which is what you do. That's your heart to encourage others with hope. And so the book camp is fabulous. Chad Allen's book camp. And he also has the book proposal Academy and the book proposal Academy elite. And that's fantastic. Share a little bit more about what God is currently doing in your journey there. Yeah. Well, I was green in all things publishing. I knew that it was time to move forward with that. I I started praying and I said, God, I don't even know where to begin. I want to make sure that what I'm doing brings glory and honor to you, I'm not drawing attention to me and hold my feet grounded in you, Christ, during this. So I began praying. Someone who you can align my heart with, Lord, that will hear your heartbeat that is beating within me and help me go that direction. And through just some random emails I got, (laughs) I ended up with Chad Allen's name because of a different webinar I was watching on writing. And he was just starting book camp. He was just getting ready to launch it. So I got to be part of that group that was the initial group with him as he was learning how to navigate book camp. And more and more, I look back on that and go, God, you that you were orchestrating that because I have a lot to learn <laughs> and you were teaching me and you brought the right people and you continue to bring the right people in at the right season that can speak exactly what I need to hear 
um, when I need to hear it, that once again, takes my path, the path that you have me on. Mm -hmm. So I was very grateful for that. So um, leading up to now, so about a year ago, I just felt like the Lord, well, okay, let me step back a little bit further too. It's been about a year and a half ago that I started my blog. Um, I had to learn all things blogging. I didn't know a thing about what I was doing, but God just said, trust me. And once again, he brought people who helped me navigate. And I would say that, you know, I'm learning the power of community and the body of Christ. And when you don't know what you're doing, that's totally okay because God does. And he knows the right people to come alongside and walk the journey with you. And I have told so many people this journey God has me on to getting the story out God's been writing to me is not my story alone. I feel like I'm writing the story for every person out there who has a story and they're scared to speak it or they don't know how to get it out there. I'm just going, but God, your story matters because it's evidence of his grace woven through your life. So um, for me, it was starting a blog, getting a subscription list where once a week I send an encouraging word out to uh, my subscribers, leading me up to this, uh, this last year, writing a book proposal, which is something you write that you can then take to an agent. An agent tries to get a publisher who'll say, yes, we want that book. So that's the journey I've been on. All along the way, I've had lots of doubts and lots of questions. We call them little gremlins in our head that tell us you can't do this, and we know where that comes from. Um, there have been battles. It has been one of the hardest things I've done, but yet one of the most joyous adventures I've been on. And I have had to come to the conclusion, God, if only one person hears the story that I'm writing, and that's what you want it to be, I am totally fine with that because I want to be so much in the center of your will that when you say move, I move. When you say stop, I stop. And if it's one, it's one. If it's a hundred, it's a hundred. It's whatever you want it to be, God, because my motivation is to please you and glorify you and honor you and whatever comes out of this. So, yes, I love that because it is true. It's like, what is our motivation? It's not about making us famous. You know, it's about making Jesus famous and just sharing God's love and truth with others. And I love also how you said, even if it was just for one person, because sometimes people can get discouraged in whatever they're doing in whatever walk of life God has them in. And they feel like they might not be making a big enough impact or maybe not fulfilling a big enough purpose or what they're supposed to be doing. But even just that one person that God puts in our life, in our path. It's so important. You never know how that will open up because then that person shares with someone, you know, and it just keeps going like a chain reaction, like a spiritual heavenly chain reaction of hope and encouragement to other people. So I love how you were describing all of that. Yeah. So important to remember to keep the main thing, the main thing, remember the big picture of why we're even doing the things that we do for the Lord. For a long time, I struggled because um, with the writing part, because I hear a lot of people who they have like a traumatic incident that has happened in their life. And, and those are so inspiring to know how God can, can take someone, pull them up out of the ashes and, and bring beauty into them. I feel like my story is, is a tad different in the fact that it's not about one traumatic incident, it's 
uh, a life riddled with pain and hardship. We have had a lot of sickness in our family. I knew that when I married my husband almost 36 years ago that he had a chronic illness. It's called myoclonus and at times would leave him debilitated. And I had to make a choice. I remember one time even after he had asked me to marry him and um, you know he was sharing what this disease was and what it did and where eventually it would lead him to physically. And I remember saying, God, are you really calling me to this? I don't know if this is what I signed up for. And the Lord just said, Ev, no matter who you marry, there will be ups and downs. This is who I've chosen for you. And I was like, that's all I needed, God. And, and I love that I asked that hard question and had that conversation with the Lord because many times when throughout our married life, when the disease has reared itself up and I felt like a single mom at times because he physically could not do anything, I would go back to that moment where God said, this is what I have for you and I will walk you through it. And that remembering God's words anchored me in the hard times. Um, and I would say when, um, when I say my life has been riddled, it's been those kind of things, chronic illness, bouts of depression, anxiety, both in my husband and myself. My husband has battled off and on, not consistently, but has had periods of suicidal thoughts. I found that out after we got married as well. Then my mom had um, stomach cancer. We moved her and dad in with us uh, when we knew hospice was the choice that we had for her. And I do not regret. It was hard, hard, hardest six weeks of life that I had experienced, but caring for her and dad during that time in our home, um, she gave me gifts of grace that I wouldn't have gleaned any other way. Our daughter, very young in her 30s, has been in intensive care twice now with you know, kidney failure one time, sepsis another time, we're all shaking our heads going, what is going oh, on? Yeah. My husband had five years ago, a massive heart attack, totally sideswiped us, didn't see it coming. Um, last year, my dad had congestive heart failure, ended up moving in with us for about six, seven months as well. So it's been ongoing. Whenever you have something like that happen, it doesn't just impact healthcare. I mean, you're looking at, it impacts your finances. It impacts your relationships. It puts strain on that. So you've got all those things that you're carrying along as well. Hardships, heartache, struggle have been my friend in the journey. Mm -hmm. And I've learned a lot about how to anchor myself in Christ when it's very dark and to trust his promises, to lean into his faithfulness, to trust his heart more than his hand. Um, sometimes we want God to fix things now make them right, correct them. And to me, those are acts of God's hands, the things that he does. But there's a deeper part of him we get to know when we trust his heart in the hard times. So true. Yes. I love how you said that. We do want to trust God in the hard times. And it's not only what he can do or what he can fix, because it might be something that by walking through we learn so much more and draw so much nearer to him than had we not gone through something. So it's difficult, but you also have such a wonderful experience with this hope that you can give to other people and they know that it's real. You know that you're saying that it's actually real because you've had to walk that life and experience it for yourself. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think too, because of the journey that God has had, 
me on and our family, <laughs> some of the Bible stories have really come to life, and particularly the children of Israel. And, you know, whenever um, there were specific things that God gave them as acts of remembrance, like you're going to go through another hard time down the road, but here's what I want you to do to remember that I delivered you here. Do the Passover to remember that I brought you out of Egypt. Later on when they're crossing the Jordan and when Joshua is leading them, and my husband and I were just listening to this this week, you know, they, he, he parted the waters and said, now have each leader from the tribe go and gather stones, put them in the middle. And um, when your children look back and they say, what are those stones for? You can say, God brought us through on dry land. And I find it very interesting that the, the Jordan River was overflowing. Its banks were overflowing at that time which it was, it was harvest. Things were plenteous. If in order for them to see the mound of stones, it meant that it was going to be a time where things were dry and lean, but it was during the lean times. They would look back and remember, it won't always be this way. God's provision is for us no matter what the season is. So I identify with those who knew the good times and the bad times. And Paul talks about that in the New Testament as well. You know, I've learned how to have nothing. I've learned how to have abundance. But what I've learned is you are God of it all in my life. And I think those stories all have become very real to me and things that I have gleaned onto. There are days I feel like I'm literally gathering manna throughout the day, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, yeah. God, you're here. I see you here. God, I thank you for that promise. I, Lord, I heard that song on the radio. I needed to hear that song today or, oh, this friend just called me or sent me a scripture text. And, and it, I feel like those are all pieces of manna that I'm gathering for when my heart is hurting and I can't see the light of day. I look at those, that manna, and it is like feasting on God's faithfulness. Yeah, such a blessing to have those reminders throughout the day that God yeah. sends us, like you say, that manna that we can just hold on to and know that he's right there with us. And that's beautiful. How about the yeah. stories of hope, Evelyn? How does that play out when you plan for those type of events? I would say that once again, I feel like we all have stories. God is writing his grace into each of our lives. We must be intentional and take steps to be looking for it. Call it the God hunt, the God wink, God hug, aha moments, you know, whatever resonates with you. But I feel like, and if I can say this right now in this time, life seems to have come to a different rhythm right now. And because we are at home with our children more there is a level of a slower pace that I feel like is an opportunity to start nurturing those intentional habits of where is God right now? Mm. What is God doing right now? And basically grooming those intentional habits is what a night of hope, the stories of hope event looked like for me. I never wanted it to be something where I would just share my stories I'm inviting different people in to share their stories because we do, someone may not identify with what I share. Um, someone may identify with anxiety and panic and depression and chronic illness, but someone else may identify with someone who's gone through divorce or lost a child. So bringing a different speaker in each time, um, more like a living room session, they're a little more relaxed, not podium speaking at you, but uh, more of an interview style where, where like what you're doing with me on the podcast, mm -hmm. you ask those guided questions 
and then whoever the speaker is um, shares their story and then giving those the attendees opportunity to ask questions yeah to glean and then to wrap it up with a time where we have some type of activity whether it be a remembrance card or maybe um, I've done this before. We took leather bands and they literally stamped a word that they needed to remember on that, that they could wear or a keychain. where we have some practical activity where when you walk out that night, you have something that you're going to take home and remember mm-hmm. when you walk into your next heartache or your struggle or to get you through the current one that you're in. And we always have delicious cupcakes. I'm just going to say <laughs> Of course. Wow. Love it. I love how you allow that to just continue as they walk out the door, that they bring something with them to help them remember, like those remembrance stones. Right. And I think that's it. I I think sometimes, um, you know, we hear stories and, and there are more that we gravitate to or we see, but I feel like there's always a nugget of God's grace hidden in everybody's story. And no matter what walk of life we've come from, we can learn from one another. My intent for a night of hope is that whatever story is told, whatever questions are asked, and we have a time of prayer and very short worship, it's, they're not long like services. It's really just an intimate setting to ignite and infuse our hearts with hope. But I want my prayers that people leave going, I got one thing that night. And that's the one thing I'm going to hang on to, to get me through the next thing that I need. Yeah. So good. I just love how God connects people and he connects us too through our stories. And that's why I was glad that you brought up the fact that sometimes people might look at someone else's story and say, well, I don't have a huge story, like a traumatic event that I went through that was specific. Everybody does have a story. Yes. I was just sitting here thinking about how did I start doing the evening of hope or the stories of hope? And actually some friends of mine said, Evelyn, you need to have one of these nights. You just need to share from your heart what God has laid on your heart and be specific. Don't keep it long and lengthy, you know, pray with them, encourage them. And I, and I did, and I shared just a couple stories, one in particular, and I'll share as, as a young child, I had way back then a lot of infection in my teeth and stuff. And so I had a lot of um, work done. And so the antibiotics made my teeth darker. And one time I remember going to the dentist and I just didn't want to go. And I um, started crying and the dentist looked at me and he put his hand over my mouth and he said, you just shut up. I don't want to hear you. And I I never thought much about it until I started to go into this place of writing and sharing my stories. And I realized that for years, you know, he just was trying to get a child to be quiet. But what he meant one way, the enemy took it and put it deeper in in my heart as you have nothing worth saying. Mm. And for years, I bought that lie that I had, my story wasn't good enough. It wasn't powerful enough. It wasn't strong enough. But when God finally revealed what was going on in my heart, I was like, wow, I bought that lie for that long. (laughs) And, and now I'm like, God, I will no longer let the enemy have hold of the story you have been writing in me because our stories are all about him. They're all about his grace. They're all about victory and freedom found when we lean into his extravagant love for us. I mean, the, It's just so beautiful. And I just want people to be so encouraged that 
God sees them. He loves them right where they're at, but he loves us so much. He won't leave us where we're at. He's going to keep growing and stretching us until the day he takes us home. And so we just keep moving forward. Eyes fixed on him. I, I love, if you don't mind, Doris, I'd love to read this passage. I just read it this week and it so encouraged my heart. Oh yeah, please do. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, the cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in place of honor right alongside God. So when you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item that long litany of hostility he plowed through, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. <laughs> and that's in Hebrews 12 from the message. You know, even Jesus, he had a long road of pain and torment and being betrayed and beaten and persecuted and terrorized for us. Yeah. But he did it because he had his eyes fixed on the Father. And he knew that that was the road that he had to walk, that we could have a redeemed, restored, renewed life in Christ. And so if he can do it, he set the example, whatever we face on this earth, we can walk through as well because he did it showing us how to do it. And we do it by fixing our eyes on the faithfulness of God in the middle of it. Thank you for sharing that. That's just been resonating with me this week, especially mm -hmm. as we're going through this unprecedented time in our world history. There have been a lot of things I'm praying for myself personally, praying for the body of Christ that will be found faithful, bringing glory and honor to Christ, yeah. and that we can walk through this real and authentic um, knowing that there are days that we're going to waffle in and out of, yes, God is God, but why is this still going on, you know? Right. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, going, God, I'm casting my burdens on you because you care for me. Now take my feet and anchor them and plant them back in you in the path you have for me. I, I wrote one thing down, actually two things that I really want to leave the listeners with, and that's don't begrudge slowing your pace. Allow it to give you space to discover the Father. And a little prayer that I have written on a chalkboard in my house just to remind me as Father, may I have eyes to see your extravagant grace in my ordinary days. Mm. I, I feel like his grace is all around us. He's constantly whispering and speaking to us. It is time to slow the pace and listen and hear what he's saying and lean into that. And I actually have some tools. That's share. great. I, I love when, you know, a guest can offer great resources to the listeners. Okay. Well, um, the first is just a one-page journal. And this is something we used to do with our kids when they were home. And now that we have eight grandchildren, we do this when they're at our house as well. And it's called Three Steps to Finding God in My Ordinary Days. And we just, usually at supper time, we ask three questions. What was your favorite part of the day? Or give us a gratitude that you have. Something that happened that blessed your heart today. Second of all, and I, this I think is a little bit understated, but I think it's real critical too. Give me 
something that hurt your heart today, and I call it a grumbling surrendered. I think it's very important that we recognize that not everything is always going to be great all the time, and we need to train our children to do that as well, be able to talk openly when they're hurting. But then when you're hurting and you've spoken it, lay it at the feet of Jesus. So I call it, first of all, gratitude spoken. Second, a grumbling surrendered. And the last one is a God sighting. Did you see God anywhere today? Was there a moment you had where you were just like, ah, thank you, Jesus. And it just, you knew it was him. So that's um, just a one page journal called three steps to finding God in my ordinary days. Mm, Very cool. Um, The second resource I have, and these are all free printables, but this one is a new one, just came out a few weeks ago. I call it the Wall of Hope, Um, and it was birthed out of the time that we are in. I just got to thinking about all the families that are home now, children not in school, um, parents trying to train and, and teach their children how to look for Jesus in moments like this. So, Uh, A friend of mine helped me develop something called the Wall of Hope based off of Lamentations 321, yet I still dare to hope when I remember this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. And these are just little cards that you can print off and literally start a wall of hope. Mm. Um, Put tape on the back of the paper, on the front of them, if there's a, a promise from the Bible that you remember that encouraged you that day. Um, If someone gave you an act of kindness or you had an act of kindness, if you heard a song on the radio that your family just start jamming to, Mm -hmm. um, if you had a God moment, an aha moment with him, an encouraging quote, I've even got one on here for um, burden casting. If something hurts your heart, once again, during the day, write it down, but then put it on the wall and remember that God sees it and he's with you in it. So I don't know. That's, I I love these. These are little woodland creatures. I wish you could see them, but um, those are free to you too. Several little cards you can just print off. And then the last one isn't even out yet. It's coming out next week and it'll be on my website, Mm -hmm. but there's scriptures of hope for hard times, 24 scriptures of hope for hard times. In my life in the past, um, when I have gone through my depression, anxiety, I have found that um, sometimes it was hard just to pick up the whole Bible. It just felt like the Bible was heavy to hold, but I knew that there were scriptures, like maybe just a handful of them. And I would write them on post-it notes and stick them on the mirror, on the window, that's above my bed, on the door. And everywhere I looked, it was a constant reminder. So um, I had a friend help me with these as well. We picked out 24 scriptures of hope to to claim during hard times. So those are all available to the listeners today. Great. Thank you, Evelyn. How can the listener connect with you and find all of these great resources? So my website is evelynsherwood.com. That's E-V as in Victor, E-L-Y-N, Sherwood.com. I'm on Instagram at Evelyn Sherwood Author. Facebook is Evelyn Steffes Sherwood. And then my favorite way to connect, because I do probably more of my engaging conversations with listeners and readers, is through my personal email. And that's evelynsherwoodauthor at gmail.com. And if you send me an email, I will send you a link to get all of these things. You can, if you want to, just to go to evelynsherwood.com, though, and you can find them on my, my blog as well. Nice. Thank you, Evelyn. And I will put all of these links in the show notes so people can find you and find these great resources 
Yeah, I love that. So thank you so much. It's been such a blessing and a pleasure to have you on today. Oh, it's been a great joy. Do you mind if I just pray for the listeners today? I love that. Please do. Yes. Father, I thank you so much that you are who you say you are and that you are a faithful father. Um, Lord, these are desperate times and uncertain times, but right now we choose to lean into your heart, to lean into everything that you have equipped us with, your armor, your promises, the character of who you are through prayer, your body. God, may we be a people found faithful to bring glory and honor to your name because you're worthy of it, Lord Jesus. Encourage anyone who is listening today. Infuse them with the hope that is found in remembering your faithfulness. In your precious name, we pray, dear Father. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Evelyn. And I would just encourage the listener right now to go ahead and subscribe to your newsletter because these words of hope come out and they're always such a blessing. So I know that they'll be blessed and encouraged by that and cannot go wrong doing that at all. (laughs) So, well, thank you, friend. It's been so great. And I hope to have you on again sometime. Oh, I would love that, Doris. And thank you so much for allowing me to come into this space and just share this moment with you and all these wonderful people out there. Thank you. Well, thank you. It's been a joy and we'll talk soon. Thank you for listening. I hope Evelyn's words of encouragement and hope really resonated with you today. I love how she was talking about intentional remembrance. You can connect with Evelyn at evelynsherwood.com through her Facebook, Instagram, and email. I'll put all the links for you in the show notes so you can connect with Evelyn. I'd love to connect with you too. So hop on over to my blog at doraswift.com. Check out some of the things that I have there for you. And I'll put all those links in the show notes as well. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss an episode. And I would love it if you could write a review. That would be wonderful and I would so appreciate that, friend. God is with us always. I love how in James 4, the word tells us to draw near to God and he will draw near to you. We have a God that is near. He's right here with us and we can draw near and have a close relationship with him. That is an amazing dose of hope right there. So friend, if you're struggling today, cry out to the Lord. He is right there. He hears you. He sees you. He cares about you and he loves you. I hope you join me next week when I talk with another woman who is taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.